0: This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. You're hearing from Coal March and Triangle Pest Control's Donnie Shelton and PCO Bookkeepers, PCO m a Specialist, and Turf Book's Dan Gordon, as well as some of the biggest players in the pest control and lawn care industries. We're talking about what is changing in the industry and taking you straight to the front lines of what the future holds. If you're ready to grow your pest control or lawn care business, you're in the right place.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insiders podcast, where we look at what's changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes in the industry um my name is donnie shelton i am the owner of triangle pest control as well as as the ceo of Comarch, which provides digital marketing and sales services for the home services industry focused specifically on the pests and lawn industries and with me as always is mr dan gordon dan would you like to say hello to everyone
0: hello everyone uh good to be here we've got a terrific guest today and uh, very very excited about that um, in case there is anyone who doesn't know who who i am or what we do Uh, We own an accounting firm that uh, caters to the pest control uh, and lawn care uh, industry, uh, PCO bookkeepers, turf books, and uh, we also do some exit planning as well. Um, But uh, today is going to be a terrific conversation. Um, Donnie, why don't you introduce uh, Tim and get it started? Yeah. So today we're talking
1: about how to lead in a crisis, and our guest today had quite the crisis on his hands. We're going to get into that a little bit later, but our guest today is uh, Tim Brock. He's the CEO and president of Brock Lawn and Pest Control in the Florida Panhandle. He's a third generation PMP who began working in the business in 1997, and eventually purchased his company from his dad about a decade later. Um, I'm sure if you're in NPMA, you know that Tim is very active in NPMA. He's also won the uh, Association's Young Entrepreneur Award a few years back, and you know, I, you know, we we asked Tim to come on because, you know, uh, back in 2018, and I'm sure most folks remember this. Hurricane Michael um, was the, oh gosh, I guess the first hurricane since Andrew that actually um, touched down as a level five. I don't say so hurricane doesn't touch down, but blew through. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. <laughs> Extremely blew through, right? Um, it was a, it was a it was a level five hurricane when it came through Panama City back in 2018. And it just so happens that Mr. Tim Brock is in Panama City. Um, So but before we get into the hurricane, before we get into kind of how everything went down, um, Tim, you know, just to start out, give us some more information about your background and how you came to join the family business um, there there
2: at Brock. Sure. So appreciate you guys for having me and uh, really enjoying the podcast, too, by the way. Um, Good, good information and uh, great guests. But so, like you said, I'm a third generation uh, pest control operator. Uh, my grandfather <clears throat> originally uh, worked for Orkin. Like a lot of multi generational companies, got their start with Orkin back in the back in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, my grandfather was in the cattle business, and Florida changed some of their free range laws back in the 50s, and you had uh, Florida became a fence in state. So consequently, my grandfather sold most of the land he had and most of the cattle that he had and ended up working for Orkin as a salesman. Um, stayed with Orkin a few years, ended up and opened his own company in the 60s. In the late 60s, my dad got out of the Air Force, went to work for my grandfather, worked for my grandfather a few years. Hey, hang on, I got to pause there. What did he do in the Air Force? Just just curious so my dad was in intelligence um during uh vietnam nice no no pilot no pilot in the family
0: hey you know what he's in the air force he's he's in the club man it's good enough keep going but if we went in the intelligence room would you be there or no (laughs) no i definitely would not be there i would be i would be kicked out (laughs) i would be found out very quickly so keep going
2: so my dad was working for my grandfather um my grandfather ended up and sold his company to Red Pest Control, which is still around out of Mississippi. They used to have a presence in the Florida Panhandle, and my dad just chose not to not to go that route so in the early seventies, my dad um started his own business, and that's the business that I now own and operate um Ironically enough, my grandfather went back into business in the eighties and he and my dad were competitors in the Panama city market for a few years. So- um, Oh man, that sounds like a big Southern scandal. It was. (laughs) Yes, at the time it was, (laughs) (laughs) yes. So then actually they operated independently for a few years and then my dad ended up and bought my grandfather's company. My grandfather worked for my dad for a few years. Um, so anyway, it the 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 scandal sort of subsided there, um, and then like a lot of multi generational family companies, I uh, I worked sort of on and off in high school and college, and then it was just sort of a natural progression for me to enter the company in the late 90s. I graduated from college, and then in around 2008 is when I bought my dad's company. So. It's interesting that we went from probably the exact opposite way that you should do um, succession planning with my grandfather to my dad. um, (laughs) That's
1: quite the story.
2: I
0: don't know. I don't know. I don't
1: know. That's a very common
0: route. But yes, I would agree. Were they Uh, speaking in in those few years that they were competitors or? uh... No no okay. they were not i can
2: only imagine like going so, you
1: know you're having thanksgiving past the turkey you know turkey no
0: <laughs> well thanksgiving and then, and, and were awkward
2: <laughs> yes they were and then to explain to you know people in the community and customers why they're two similarly named companies that obviously operate independently so we went yeah. from the right from the wrong way to do succession planning to obviously my dad learned from those experiences and Um, and my dad and I always worked great together. And then it was definitely a smooth transition to, uh, you know, the, the, the third generation. And now I will mention that my oldest son is in college at Florida state university. Um, but he's also recently started pursuing his, uh, pest control operator certifications here in Florida. So he's got two behind him, two more to go. Um, so, uh, we're perpetuating the, the fourth generation as we speak. So have you talked to him about him starting his own independent company there in Panama City or? Well, I told him he has to, that we're going to compete for a while before we learn how to work together.
0: <laughs> yeah. then, then he can lowball you and buy your company. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> Drop the call. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: That's
1: quite the story. No, thank you for for giving us some background. And that's it's wonderful. And, and by the way, you know, I get to go to Panama City at least a couple of times a year. My my mother. Well, she's not my mother. My wife's grandmother lives there and, and she's 94 and she still goes out in the yard and picks weeds. And it's crazy, man. But but anyway. So and I will tell you, whenever I'm there, if I turn on the TV, you know, I'm seeing Tim there. Talking about Brock Pest Control, I see him quite a bit on TV. So he's a he's a local superstar there, I would say, in the community, at least when I go and I just start laughing. Like, hey, I know that guy. But um, anyway, so so we're talking about leading into crisis. And, you know, obviously, in your situation, you had a level five. Am I using Is that the right terminology? Is it? Why am I using like I'm I'm tornadoes? I'm in North Carolina. We deal with tornadoes. Right. And so there's so anyway. So, yeah. It's it's a category five. I've said it several times. Category five hurricane blows through Panama City. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that. So so before this all kind of happened, you know, I know hurricanes are not uncommon in Florida. Had you done any kind of like, okay, well, we have a hurricane. Here's what we're going to do. Like, I mean, were you prepared for this? Uh,
2: Not fully prepared. You know, like most companies, we have our emergency preparedness plan and specifically in I our manual. Done, I, don't, I don't
1: know what I would say like most companies. I I mean, I even think about Triangle. Some.
2: Yeah. Okay, some companies. There you go. <laughs> have a and specifically in ours, we have a separate hurricane preparedness plan. Um, just how we communicate with our employees. Um, you know, we uh, prepare our buildings and equipment and our fleet and so forth. Um, and so we had done all those things and we probably followed our, our policy and our procedures about as well as we could. What we underestimated was the severity of this storm. Um, you, we've dealt with hurricanes in the past. We've dealt with winds in the past. We, and we were prepared for a storm surge, which is normally what we get, localized flooding, uh, but we were on the the west side of this storm. Ironically, it was I was within about a mile at my. We rode the storm out at my house. We were within about a mile from from being inside of the eye, or at least being able to see the eye of the storm. But we were on the the west side of the storm, which is where the more severe winds are. Now there was a lot of flooding and storm surge on the west side. I'm sorry, on the east side of the storm but uh we, we didn't experience that right here in Panama City so yes we were prepared to the extent that we could although we weren't prepared for the severity
1: so, and you 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 rode out the storm so you didn't i mean so did they have like did they do like a mandatory evacuation before and you're just like yeah we're good or or was it just kind of like it came so fast no one really was able to kind of you know put together anything and get out
2: It came so fast. This storm developed off of the Yucatan Peninsula, which is most of the storms that really affect the panhandle. That is where they develop. And a lot of the late season storms develop on the Yucatan versus out off the coast of Africa. And then they come across the Atlantic through the Caribbean. So you have a lot more time to prepare. But they were calling for a Tropical storm, possibly a category one hurricane. On about it, the, the hurricane was on October the 10th, which is a Wednesday. This was probably Saturday before, maybe a category one hurricane. And then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, they kept up in their predictions to category two, possibly three, all the way up to the Wednesday morning when we woke up early. It was at that point, it was a category four. And then, when it by the time it made landfall, it was a category five. So, um, partially, the, the fact that it did develop so fast and we didn't have a lot of time to evacuate, and then partly, I, I'm not sure we would evacuate it. Not knowing it was a five, probably so, but you know, a two or a three, we didn't have plans to evacuate. So you, and you and probably, a five, a five is
1: what, 160 miles an hour. I mean, it's something ridiculous, right? 165 plus. There you go. Yeah,
0: I knew it was something you, close. You to probably that. Uh, lost, uh, you know, had some damage done to your building and whatnot. But tell us about your customer base, your employees. How did and 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 your business? Uh, you know what? How did how did had uh, that all form and and would you do?
2: Yeah. So we knew that just the hours and the day or so after the storm, we knew that it was that our community had been really affected by this. Obviously, we, the soon as the storm rolled through, we started to, ironically, we still had some spotty, but still had some cell coverage, cell service after the storm. So Uh, Me and my vice president and our managers were able to communicate and they were able to not communicate with everybody, but communicate with our team. Um, Shortly thereafter, the next day is when trees started to get cleared and people started to cut fiber optic lines and so forth. So our our self coverage you know, basically went down to now we had no cell cell service for days after the after the hurricane, um, which is a uh, uh, moving forward. Part of our preparedness moving forward is that we have multiple we, we have phones with multiple carriers because um, all the carriers, although they use a lot of the same towers, a lot of the infrastructure is separate um so uh a t and t was fantastic after the uh after the storm um with the community and getting their infrastructure back up and running but so trying to communicate with our team um it, obviously customers were not thinking there in the even days and in some cases weeks after the storm, not thinking about pest control and pest control and lawn care services and so forth. Um, so we knew that our customers have been majorly affected. We knew that our business was affected and would continue to be affected for weeks and months after. So, so I'm all, I want to
1: pause you there just for a second because I want to just lay the land here. So, so the hurricane's blown through, the community's devastated. You've got, Obviously you have employees that are affected. Your customer base has been impacted hugely. You are like in this space where you realize like, oh gosh, you know, this is, this is really massive. I want to just stop there for a moment and walk me through what was going through your brain. Cause I mean, I know for me personally, if I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to check on my people. I got jobs, you know, i on the line I mean, we we got no customer base. Like, you know, like what,
2: what was in your brain in that moment, I guess? So, when we sort of understood the severity of the situation, and you know, you check on, you know, make sure everybody's safety first and foremost, um, but then, and, and we were without power for nine days. We were without any sort of high speed, uh, other than wireless high speed internet. We were without high speed internet for, gosh, almost two weeks. Um, but when we, figured out that we were not going back to work for uh, at least a couple weeks um, we obviously our concern for our people um, our concern to, to to when we could go back to work for our operation to still be viable um, we were obviously it was a huge concern for us um, but we figured that early on we had probably lost about 25% of our customer base. That, were, that was our early estimates. In the month of October, our sales were down 50% over the previous October. Um, November was down about 40%. And we t- so, we, so we took those early numbers and we figured we had probably lost whether people moved. Um, obviously housing was an issue, housing shortage was an issue. Um, employment was an issue Um, and that's the end of the our tourist season so um, you know that sort of uh, our our local economy is sort of down for those winter months anyway Um, so but we had figured that we had probably lost about 25% of our customer base to include about 25% of of our employees as well
0: so those 25% uh decided that they didn't want to stay or you couldn't uh keep them on or how did how did you deal with um you know understanding that eventually, you know, the world will come back to normal, but uh, you know, you have to navigate this thing. How, how did you um, you know figure out well what's my headcount gonna be? How do how do I uh you know deal with employees and and, and whatnot? Well, and this sort of happened
2: by chance is we've got we got connected with a FEMA contractor that had a a pre-storm existing contract in the case of a a natural disaster with one of our local municipalities and backing up a minute our our office sustained some damage, not a lot of damage. We had some training space that we obviously knew that we weren't going to use for a short while. Um, so, and in the city of Lynn Haven where where we're at, the police station was a complete loss. City Hall was a complete loss, among some other um, municipal buildings. So, sort of, just because we had this space because our office fared so well i offered some space to the city of linhaven now they had already made some other arrangements but they had this FEMA contractor that was also looking for space cuz they were going to bring a big contingent of folks in to help with the the uh, the cleanup effort and the rebuild effort and so i ended up i got hooked up with them they ended up in Utilize part of our office building, and as part of them coming to the areas, they needed employees. Obviously, they needed employees fast. Um, so, we looked at obviously, we weren't going to get everybody back to work even within maybe a few weeks. So, we worked out a deal with this FEMA contractor that we were able to refer any people that we couldn't put back to work right away. We actually referred to this FEMA contractor with the understanding that as our operation came back online, that we would then take those people back. And, uh, you know, if it was back to a their position they were in before great or the route or whatever the case may be. So um, th- that was our ultimate goal is to bring everybody back as, as quick as we possibly could. Man, that was a stroke of luck. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. That's yeah we were, yeah, we were very fortunate that it was just sort of a, a chain of events that happened, um, and obviously it, uh, it it worked to our benefit. And I and I will say that we were able to, or at least offered, everybody that went to work for this contractor, we were either able to bring back, or we uh, we made an offer to bring them back. And and some of this was over the course of three, four, five, six months. Um, as our business sort of started to come back, how did, how did the so, local
0: business, uh, uh, you know, community fair where, you know, obviously you got lucky with that, but, uh, um, you know, what, what, what happened in the town? What, um, what were people doing? So beyond the cleanup, a lot, a lot of people just
2: moved and left because there were, you know, uh, housing obviously was affected. Apartment complexes affected. Um, so there was a lot of people that just up and moved. Um, we the and we were fortunate enough that we did not lose at the end of the day. We didn't it, we were we lost about 10 or 12 percent of our customer base, which was probably 10 or 12 percent of our employee base as well. Um, but the our, people just. Yes. Okay. Yes. So okay. but the. Comparing that to and the easiest thing to compare it to is our school system actually ended up and lost about 20 percent of uh, students that were just that were gone. So I have a question. So.
1: So the hurricane comes through. There's massive widespread damage. There's difficult communicating. FEMA's on site. And obviously, most people I would believe as customers are like, you're coming out to treat for ants, right? I mean, that's like a question. Like, what, what are you doing, right? So, so what did you? I mean, did you say, okay, well, we're, guys, we're adding cleanup services to the line now, and let's go buy a bunch of chainsaws. Like, what, what did you do, right? I mean, did you, did you start helping with the cleanup? I mean, did you? I mean, did you shift your business at all, or did you just kind of say, well, we're going to wait this out and see if we can get an insurance claim here? Or like, what, what happened from there?
2: So, in the early days, yes, we help with cleanup, whether it was our own cleanup or, you know, in a lot of cases, our employees and then, you know, some customers, not from a business perspective, just from a assisting in the community perspective. Um, In the early days, we looked at adding some other service offerings that would be, um, uh, you know, in the situation, which would be a conducive service offering to add. We really chose not to. We really focused on what our core business was. Now obviously, uh, you know, we had lots of termite issues as houses were being gutted and drywall and coming down, um, obviously exposed a lot of termite issues. So, you know, that was in, in many cases, a huge benefit to our company to expose some of those problems. Obviously, rodent control became an issue. Um, like I say, no, we had no power at my office for, um, no power for nine days, no power at my house for nine days. Although as part of, because our office had very little damage, part of bringing this FEMA contractor, renting them some space, we actually brought a generator in. So we had power in about three days or four days at my office through, uh, you know, an external generator. Um, but Obviously, rodent control was an issue, um, so we had some areas of our business that the the work picked up over you know what it normally would be, um, but we chose not to get into a whole lot of other areas, although we could have, but we wanted to focus on what our core business was, and and you know at the time it, we weren't sure if that approach was gonna going to work, but looking back that was and looking back to long term recovery that was the best decision we could have made
0: yeah how, uh, how 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 much uh uh currency did you have with your employees or or goodwill uh because you did all of this a, a lot of people say you know you 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 know you 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 have the christmas party and everybody appreciates you for a day and and then they go back to to the way things happen but but you know, from from a perspective, of if I worked for you and, you know, half of the community is wiped out and you're still giving me uh, the ability to work, did, did did that goodwill last a while or how? how oh, you... sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we actually
0: we chose to in the
2: really week and a half or so that we did not work at all. We uh, we were able to pay all of our people. Um and then at that point, that's when we started being able to uh, uh, move people over to this contractor. So really, it, for the most part, um, those people had no laps or gaps in income. Um, and I, you know what? I think most people still appreciate that. And, you know, we got a lot of those same people still with us. So I think I think they appreciate those things. That's
1: good. And so, so let's get into the financial side of this, and 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 whatever you're comfortable with, of course. But so at this point, did did FEMA come in and say, okay, you've you've obviously had a major business impact here. Here's some FEMA money. Is was it? Did you file an insurance claim, or did you just say, look, we we took a hit, and we're we're not going to take any outside, and we're going to kind of just take it on the chin? I mean, you, you, I I think about, and I obviously. I, I, that we're not going to get into your financials here. To, so to make sure we I want to make sure the, the question is pretty clear. I know that there's a lot of businesses that are literally payroll to payroll. And a, and a storm like this or a a disruption in operations like this could be catastrophic in some cases. I mean we're either looking at going to lines or we're looking at you know I mean it just they just would not have the cash flow to to weather a storm like this. And so I don't necessarily want to know your specific situation. I just want to know like what resources did you have and did you have to use those? And what did that, what did that look like?
2: Yeah. So we immediately determined that there would be a need for cash, all available cash. And and, <laughs> <Right.
0: yeah. That's laughs> and <pretty good. laughs>
2: I wanted to make sure that we had everything possible available. So we, I had some, you know, investment stuff that I could, turn into cash pretty quick. So I did I did those things. Um, the Florida Small Business Administration has some real quick and easy loan application process. And that's not a ton of money. It was about $50,000, I think. So not a ton. Um, I immediately applied for those. Um, I immediately applied for an SBA disaster loan. Now, fortunate that I didn't need any of those things. Um, but they're available. Um there are things that not knowing what the future was gonna hold, you know, we decided to pursue those. So like I say, fortunately we were very fortunate that we didn't need any of those things. Um, but and, and thank goodness that we we did have some cash on hand to get us through really what was, you know, probably about three months of um majorly disrupted our operation. Um, but then really moving forward, it was, you know, it, probably two years, a year and a half anyway. So do you
1: have I mean, now that you're kind of on the backside of that, have you, have you changed anything financially, you're like, OK, I want to make sure that I get. I mean, I know me personally, okay, Donnie Ray, I I don't I have lines. I don't I'm not in any of my lines, but I try to get as much as I possibly can because I never you never know. Right. I mean, it's just like, hey, you, you don't. I mean, not at a, I keep saying level five, not at a category five hurricane blows through, but, you know, once that happens, the time to get money, that that blew away with the hurricane.
2: <laughs> right? Absolutely. You were behind the curve if you waited until October the 10th to to start looking into that, those sort of things.
0: So it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, obviously, 2020 turned out to be a really good year for the industry. But in March. You really needed a crystal ball and a, and, and a lot of hope to 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 figure that out. When the country closed down, I, I remember the specific day, like that, boom, you know, everybody and each state was different. And I know Florida uh, kind of waited on that a little bit. But how did that feel compared to, you know, the hurricane? Like, were you kind of like, here we go again or?
2: Absolutely. Yes. We said, oh, boy, here we go. We basically just got recovered. And here we go again.
1: (laughs) We're all laughing about it now. I'm sure you were not laughing last year at this time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So so have you updated your uh, emergency response hurricane or uh, to a hurricane or did you feel that it was good? And that's like a once in a thousand year uh, storm that that we have every few years. Um,
2: you know, we reviewed it. Um, we didn't make a lot of changes, although we uh, we took some of the things that were in there, maybe take them a little more serious now. Um, with uh, And, and like, a big one that comes to mind is insurance, um, making sure, you know, a lot of commercial real estate um, hazard insurance does not include windstorm coverage. Now, we were fortunate enough that all of our buildings, we actually had windstorm coverage, but I, I know lots of people out there that, you know, on top of the devastation of the storm, then they figure out that insurance in a lot of cases not going to cover anything. So, you know, uh, making sure uh, the coverages are up to date, making sure that coverages cover the value of the building. we you know, we found out, uh, d- during the whole process that we were, overinsured on some things we were underinsured on some things we figured out that you know reviewed our deductibles um, on our main office the the deductible was high enough that it didn't cover any of the the deductibles higher than the damages that we had so um, so we did we reviewed those policies that preparedness plan from a standpoint of um, available cash from insurance coverages and deductibles and uh, but overall we did not change a lot. We're just following those procedures a little more these days. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I've always heard, you know, when there are things that you can obviously be economical on and and cut, but insurance is not one of those things. You always, you know, that's one thing you you don't want to, um, you know. You know, cut it all the way down to the bone. Just because, in your case, I mean, it's like, I mean, you just, I mean, obviously, you were, I think you were pretty fortunate. But so now that you're on the backside of this, well, before I get to this last, the final question, I want to ask one more. Tell me about how you led during this crisis, because obviously, this was a big one. I mean, like, how did you keep your employees kind of trusting you? How did you keep your team like, okay, Tim's got it together? You know, what, Talk me through that. Like, what was what? What did you do? And then, you know, if you had to do it again, would you change anything?
2: Um, you know, knowing what I know now, yeah, obviously we would do some things a little different. But when I look back and and the decisions that we made and the way that we led, not knowing what we know now, I think we would have done things pretty much the way that we did those. Um, Obviously, communication was a a big challenge. Um, and obviously, we know with our employees, that's that's a challenge on a good day with, you know, all the technologies that we have. But, <laughs> right. but you know, then you take away all of the technologies that and ways that we're that we're used to communicating. It became a real challenge. And most of the most of the communication in the, you know, within those first probably two weeks, we had to make a conscious effort for face to face communication. And obviously, we wanted to know how we could assist our people. Um, And we had to balance with obligations because we knew everybody was dealing, number one, with the same thing. And they had obligations on, you know, piecing their personal lives back together and their property and homes back together. So the communication was definitely a challenge. We obviously, um, I think, could have done a little bit better there. Um, But I think overall, we, we handled it pretty well. So I and I I was
1: going to say one more thing before we move on from that point. And I think this is probably key for, for listeners. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had like, uh, I I shouldn't say I don't, obviously Tim, we're talking about a big one that you had, but I know me personally, anytime I've run into some sort of emergency situation, it's almost like there's this leadership vacuum that gets created, right? Someone is, everyone is kind of looking for someone to to bring some to bring some leadership right to say to take charge and so I think it's really important that when you do have something like this if you're an owner realize that right everyone is kind of don't don't be slow and don't be afraid to step up and say look this is what we're doing even if you're not right at least when you fail you'll fail faster and know that you'll get quicker to the right answer but but don't don't waste time and, and and don't sit back because it's the wrong time to do it because it always creates a vacuum when there's an emergency so
0: dan you were going to say something i didn't mean to step yeah. on you there so, so two questions uh just real quick the first one leading back to insurance so i'm assuming you're in a fema flood zone um yes. and so it turns out my building here in new jersey i have a little creek out back and i'm in a fema flood zone yeah. i have no idea why but but i am And so that insurance that I have to get in order to even have a a mortgage on the building is super expensive. I got to believe that yours is a lot more than mine because of where you are. I mean, is it even affordable for a lot of businesses, uh, the the flood insurance?
2: Yeah. So uh, a lot of businesses and my house, I'm required to have flood insurance, um, like secondary flood insurance. It's And it's the flood insurance is florida subsidized by the state of florida so it's it's probably more reasonable than you think um but yes there are lots of places depending on the a flood what flood zone that you're in that you're required to have secondary flood insurance and it's expensive right it was, yes yes uh,
1: nice. yeah it's expensive But well, well, didn't florida have a problem with insurers bailing on the state and like we're just not gonna be in that state anymore. It's I mean, like, wh- wasn't that a thing a few years back?
2: Yeah. So and it goes through cyclical patterns with insured, and we're sort of in one one of those obviously now um, that insurers uh, insurance companies will, you know, leave the state. They they look at the ratios, and uh, yeah, they're in and out. And you know, right now it's a it's it's a little tougher market right now. Um, because there are and obviously all these insurance companies are recouping losses from it's still recouping losses from Hurricane Michael.
0: Mm. Right. So if you had any other uh, some advice to small business owners to prepare themselves for a disaster, not just this. I mean, this you, you, you could have a cyber disaster. You could have a, a flood like this. You you know, uh, your building can burn down, whatever. What. Uh, what advice uh, if any that we haven't covered do you have for folks so
2: anything that we haven't covered um, I, I definitely would advise there again back to the insurance make sure your insurance is up to date make make sure that you understand what your policy covers what it does not cover uh, making sure that you've got enough cash on hand to sustain your business for some period of time and everybody has to make that decision on what how long that period of time is. Um, and and then, you know, being able to communicate with your, your team and your customers for that matter. Um, we actually, within the first few weeks, sort, we sort of cut back on everything. We realized that we were going to survive. So then we went into, um, Long term recovery mode, i.e. more communication with our customers, um, more uh, advertising and marketing, because there were a lot of companies that not in our necessarily in our industry, but a lot of companies that just sort of packed up and left. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that our customers knew that we were here and available and ready to go to work as soon as they were ready. That's just a really key thing. I want to make sure everyone just caught what you just said. You were
1: marketing. By the way, now that I'm saying it, it's almost like advertisement yeah, but it's. <laughs> but it, it's true, right? It's a lot of time because I said the same thing when COVID kicked off. I said the exact same thing. People are like, oh, my gosh, I'm pulling everything back. I'm like, absolutely. Well, exactly. not. I'm yeah, this is the time to go out and get after it. So, no, that's a very good point. Anything else you can think of, Tim, or you think we pretty well covered it?
2: Yeah. So I think we've uh, we've pretty well covered it.
1: Well, Tim, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great having you on board. Really? I, I was I've always impressed when I hear this story and I hear what you guys did. I mean, I mean, it, it's amazing that you had a category five hurricane come through and, and literally was able to you know, transition as a business and and not only weather the storm, but I think come out a little bit stronger on the backside of that. So congrats on that. And, and thanks again for joining us here on the podcast. Dan, any parting thoughts before we close?
0: No, not much. I I really appreciate you coming on, and it's just a very interesting story. It's, um, you know, it's one of those things that uh, you don't really think about. You know, Uh, you know, you think about a lot of employee problems, cash flow problems, but you know, a a tornado or a hurricane hitting my place is not like one of those things. I guess maybe in in your neck of the woods more so than, than than us, but we have a client here in new jersey that got hit with sandy and, and they lost a couple of routes because same same kind of thing and new jersey's not a state that gets a whole lot of hurricanes so you just don't know you know
2: absolutely right. well even even though it is florida you we sort of still have that mindset of oh it'll never happen to me but yeah. we, we should all be prepared because it could happen yeah absolutely absolutely yeah
1: well Thanks again, Tim. And as always, uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of the PMP Industry Insiders Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or interview episodes, please feel free to rate and review us on Apple. And until next time, we'll see you all later. Take care now. Bye-bye.